Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your number one source for all things Final Fantasy TCG, sponsored by Ultimate Guard. How long have I been out? I swore I'd never drink like that again. When did things get so messed up? I let it get personal. I had a lot riding on this case, and somehow it slipped through my fingers. Last clear thought I had was telling Don to take my badge and my gun and shove it where the sun don't shine. I was wrong. I wouldn't admit it, but I was wrong. How many opportunities had I let slip away? How many knocks at my door did I ignore? It was time to get back on the horse, and all it took was a pep talk and a letter from Sweden. John, my badge, my gun, we are back. Give them to me. Reinstated, sir. <laughs> Stamp it. Guys, welcome to the next episode of the RVA Returners Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Adams. With me, as always, on the case, my brother-in-arms, John Schreiner. Say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. Sorry for the uh, time off. Oh, yeah. It's, it's been a wild couple weeks, that's for sure. There's been a lot going on all, ac- all across the community and our camp as well. So we've just been kind of we've just been kind of taking it super easy, just really trying to get our heads right. There's just again been a lot going on that we're not even going to talk about. But, you know, you know what? Because it's in the past, John. That's right. Always we, forward, Chris. That's what we do. We always move forward, and we've actually got quite a bit to talk about, man. We're going to talk about you know the usual, the Octagon uh, Weekly, both weeklies. We got a lot of spoilers to talk about. Uh, you had yourself a nice little cash tournament yesterday. Uh, Lightning Crystal Cup finished up, um, uh, or has it finished up? I don't know. This is Sunday in the afternoon. Uh, I know that I've got the top eight deck list, but I don't know exactly what one. Um, uh, I'll do some detective work. Oh, see, that's that's why you're on the payroll, sir. And then we're and then we've got you know Nats coming up in a few weeks. And what we're going to do is for the main topic. You know, I don't want to you know divulge too much, but over the pretty much from now until nationals. We're going to have kind of like a series, kind of a road to Nets series, as it were. But, you Good know, John, treat. Uh, big time. And, you know, we love treats on this podcast. But you know what else we love, John? We love a place where we can get all of our information. A, a hub, if you will. Um, you know, the, the morning edition, the evening edition. Right there in the print. John, do you know what that is, sir? Could it possibly be the news? All right, so first up on the news this week, uh, John, you've st- you know during my hiatus, you've still been running the uh, the Octagon Weekly event. Both of them pretty strong. Um, now I know because of I want to say traveling back from Arizona, or mm-hmm. we, maybe we talked about that. But I know there was a Monday you couldn't do. Mm-hmm. It might have been last, or no, last Monday it didn't fire. Yeah, so, so right? last last Monday we had. Um... So the thing is, we like to leave registration open until seven o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we had only a couple of people signed up before seven, and it wasn't even going to be four people. And I was like, "Look, guys, you know, the stream is a whole production. Mm-hmm. Like, if we don't, if we have to do it for three people, yeah, I'd sooner like not do it, or even like maybe play myself and keep it a little more casually." Uh, but right. We had some players who were kind of new to octagon and just wanted to get mm-hmm. some games in so i was like somebody just go jam a bunch of games with that guy and kind of like spend a little more mm-hmm. time teaching him how to use the program and stuff like that a little less formal 
Um, so, yeah. you know, the nice thing about the Discord is people are still able to communicate with each other and get some games in, mm -hmm. actually, you know, whenever they want. Uh, we didn't fire Monday. We took a little bit of a break. But we already got enough people signed up for this next Monday that we're definitely firing. And I said to them, uh, hell or high water, basically. I will play myself, but we will be firing next Monday. It was just, like you said, you know, we had a lot going on. Um, mm -hmm. You and I were still trying to figure out, like, when we were going to do the cast. I figured, like, oh, maybe we could just do it then. So we, uh, yeah. you know, whatever. Well but blah, blah, blah. We are uh, fired off on Wednesday, and let me tell you, man, the Arizona Crystal Cup has flipped the script. Between that and mm -hmm. the starter decks, almost every single deck that I saw was testing new starter cards. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of Fusoya decks and Agrius decks. There were like three Water Lightning decks. Mm -hmm. um, it is a very, very interesting time right now in the meta, and right before Nats. And of course, that, that See, we'll talk about that, that a little later. But um, Absolutely. And also, too, last week, I, I mean, I'm still semi living out of boxes here move i moved last week so you know between sunday monday pretty much every day last week i spent unpacking and i'm still doing that now but sunday I, monday unpacking days tuesday wednesday <laughs> unpacking days god damn it <laughs> if we Friday, already, if we, unpacking days you know if we didn't already have an episode for this podcast i definitely would have considered that one. a name you mean the title what did I, what did I say? You said if we didn't already have an episode for this podcast. Yeah, whatever. You know what I mean. An episode name. Saturday, what a day. <laughs> Record another cast with you. But it's on Sunday. That's okay. There it is. There it is. <laughs> All right. So next piece of news. Spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We got um, them. There's so we many. Got them. It's, they're impossible to forget about. Well, and they're decent. Um, I, I'm telling you, man, this has been very different so far for Opus 10 than it was for Opus 9. We've seen a lot of Legendary so far, and that's what we're going to lead with. This one was the first card of the week, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm, I'm talking about Folka. Um, I've got her pulled up, so I'll, actually, I'll, I'll do what I actually never do. I'll actually read the card. Chris, why don't you hit me with some knowledge? Uh, here it comes. So she's the second Water Legendary. So if I'm not mistaken, we have now seen both Legendaries. We've seen Ash, and now we've seen Folka. Yeah, and you know what? That is... I would normally be depressed, but Ash is just so damn good. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a 3CP 7K uh, water forward um, from Brave XVS. Beautiful Amano art on this. Mm -hmm. uh, her job is Sworn 6 of Paladia. Now she's got a lot of text. Uh, so first ability, discard one water summon. Folka cannot be chosen by your opponent's summons or abilities this turn. Next ability is discard one water summon. Choose one forward and one backup. Activate them. And if that wasn't enough, her third ability, discard one water summon, colon. Choose one forward of cost four or less opponent controls and return it to their hand. Card's good. Um, obviously, it's it's this isn't something for every water deck. This is something that's going to go in a, um, a very specific type, of, you know, something maybe a little mm -hmm. bit more summon heavy. John, what do you think? So um, I think one easy way to kind of help us translate this. like this card has a lot of text and it's, it's mm -hmm. an interesting way to pay for the abilities right so mm -hmm. i look at every single one of these abilities is basically cost two water cp but it's mm -hmm. a very specific two water mm -hmm. cp right so each of these abilities i kind of look at it as if it cost almost like uh, a little more just like something mm -hmm. a little bit more than two water cp so mm -hmm. for two water cp choosing a forward and a backup and activating them is pretty crazy yeah. So, discarding a water summon to do that, I mean, we're turning, like, a, a fairy or something like that into a forward and a backup instead of just, you know, like, mm -hmm. why play that anymore? You don't even have to worry about it. I mean, people would like to tech in the one of fairy. It's mm -hmm. really strong. 
But now you can just, you know, and almost anything becomes something like that. Um, her giving herself some protection is pretty cool. And mm-hmm. the Leviathan effect, I love. Because here's the thing about water summons. There's a lot of them, and they're all really great. So it's really mm-hmm. hard to pick. And the fact that this lets you turn pretty much all those other water summons into Leviathans if you need to, all of a sudden mm-hmm. makes like the Leviathan type of effect way better because the worst part about bouncing cards back to my opponent's hand honestly besides the fact that we're in like a pretty etb heavy thing so you want it to be something you only do sometimes which is mm-hmm. great on a modal card but the worst mm-hmm. thing about those bounce effects is they're mostly tied to summons that i just don't have room for mm-hmm. because they're kind of specific like that so i think that this is one of the best homes for that type of effect yep. i think that there's cheeky things you can do with the second ability i mean you can even activate one of their forwards to to hit it with something that you know only mm-hmm. hits active guys or something like that. Um, and like you said, this has synergy with those decks where you're tossing those little summons or you're playing a lot of summons for things like Light Yuna or the Starter Garnet that just turns mm-hmm. through summons, uh, Fusoya decks, where mm-hmm. you're going to have some of those summons that you really just want to see them off the top. So I think they even said it in the card of the week, the Leviathan, that it's great mm-hmm. if it bursts, and if it doesn't burst, then yeah, just discard it and do one of these other things. Yeah, you know? exactly. I think the card's really solid. I think it's really, really solid. Now, it, it gets better, John. The, the follow-up to that card of the week was another card of the week. Obviously, as they do every week, or it wouldn't be called card of the week. Ooh. <laughs> there it is. But Again, they gave us another knowledge. legend, man. I don't think it's always back-to-back legends like this. And not only is it another legend, it's more beautiful a mono art. And we got another Zande, man. Another Emperor Zande. Um, I'll go ahead and read this one off because I've got it pulled up. Mm-hmm. So... He's an 8CP Fire Forward, Category 3, job is Dark Lord. Uh, he's a 8CP 9K. But, you know, don't let that cost fool you. Let's go ahead and read his ability. When Zande enters the field, choose up to one, up to one Fire Forward of cost one, and up to one Fire Forward of cost three in your break zone, and play them onto the field. Damage five. When Zande enters the field, choose one Fire Forward of cost two in your break zone and play it onto the field. Now, I'm not going to front. When I first read this card, I wasn't too terribly sold on it, but the more I wrap my mind around this card, I was a fucking idiot. This card's good. (laughs) This card is good. You want to talk about a boy not seeing the forest for the trees? That was me. This card's nuts. Yeah, I mean, so people like to talk about these virtual costs all the time, right? And and there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. It's a great way to evaluate CP cost and, mm-hmm. and the overall cost of everything, including a card in your hand, right? So mm-hmm. we like to say a card in your hand is 2 CP. And I've said mm-hmm. it, I think, on the cast before, but the reason a card like Ghost's ability is good, because even though he's a 1 CP forward and paying 2 to revive him from the break zone might seem like you're overpaying for him, you're actually mm-hmm. getting a discount because you don't have to sacrifice a card from your hand, which is always potentially 2 CP for something else, right? Mm-hmm. So Zond plays these cards, and he plays a 1-drop, which is a virtual 3, right? Mm-hmm. And he plays a 3-cost, which is a virtually 5 CP. So you're getting, right there, 4 CP discount mm-hmm. on these two forwards, because you mm-hmm. don't have to play them from your hand. And that is huge. That's a that I like. Don't even know how to explain 
that if you're going to be playing a one drop and a three drop to the field, this is 100% the best way to do it because it is not just a discount on one free guy. It's a double discount, and that's big. And, you know, and one of the things we talked about in one of our group chats is to not get caught up on the one CP. There's there's a couple, and, there, and there's a lot of ways you can approach this card. And Dan was actually really good about talking. You know, the one CP being Squire, and the three CP being the Luneth that gives standard units haste. Mm-hmm. A post Shantoto turn where you play this Squire Luneth, that, that point of damage, you you you've put three bodies on the board, and one of them's coming in hot. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you know you can pitch these to pay it's just like Lena and any other and fight and Layla where you're you know pitching the card and putting it back in you can do the same thing with this and but what i was saying was don't get too caught up on the one cp so there's only a couple there's uh palum there's three GB, and squire like that's it now but here's the thing combining the three drops with like even a 2k burn from vb is great yeah. even mm-hmm. like the palum i mean hey if we're playing the one cp palum then we're going to be encouraged to play the other ones because that's what it does is it levels up into the other yep. palms and guess what there's one of them that does a whole bunch of damage when you play it to the field from not your hand and you can combine mm-hmm. that with vb and now you just put three bodies on the field and killed something for eight and it's a yep. nine and a six and a whatever like Man, it's just value. Usually, fire gets cards that have really big upsides for mm-hmm. a big risk or for mm-hmm. CP disadvantage or card disadvantage, right? Something like Meath, where you get to search for the guy you want, but you're mm-hmm. you're gonna minus a card from your hand. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, this CP advantage is written all over this card, and that's not something fire usually gets, and that's great. Dude, and, and we haven't even talked about the damage five things. So because you're I think me, it's I, obvious I'm, that that part oh, makes right. it busted. <laughs> I'm on the, the ropes. I can just slam four bodies in front of you. Hey, here's Fury in for that full six. Bop. Right. Well, because also your three drop, you slam Lease on the board. Bleh. <laughs> the one drop, you know, the one drop VV, the two drop Furion. Bleh. Something's dead. And now you've got four bodies that now they have now that they thought it was an 11k and you have three other guys <laughs> yeah one's an 11k one's a 9k possibly 10 and 12 if you have lebro in the back mm-hmm. and then you've got a five two 5ks on top of that as well with all with obviously with that setup which hopefully by that time you do and honestly yeah eight is a lot but the fact that this is even is huge because like yes. nail nail is a card that has this kind of like hey maybe i play it early and go for this big all-in mm-hmm. turn and that's the same thing with this man is this is like um it's like a golbez it's like a fast kind of weird fire golbez right mm-hmm. like this guy is just one of those things where sometimes you can just start the game by going pop 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 bam three forwards on the field like this is no longer yeah. just a, Especially... a mono earth thing they're three big scary guys oh and you're taking you know at least one point of damage well, what a three it's drop! A one of those things, or one of those could be Archangel. Yeah, it could be Archangel, and like, yeah, then who are you gonna kill? You know, can you possibly deal with all of this as fast? You know, yeah. it's uh, fire is touted as this high risk, high reward element, and uh, Rich, who I this love is to all death. reward. This Rich, is who all I love to death, says, "I'm seeing the risk." <laughs> <laughs> but this card, I'm seeing the reward. So, yeah, it's all reward. This he is... messaged me and he said, I know it's your birthday, but I feel like I got something special in this <laughs> on. I feel like I got a gift in this on. 
Uh, right? Yeah. Dude, card, card is bananas. It is bananas. Yeah, so Hard do you tell. think that this card, I mean, a lot of people are getting hung up on, well, the one CP, there aren't that many great target. Like, it honestly doesn't matter. The fact that this guy puts in two bodies. Yeah, it don't give a fuck. It could be a one CP, one K with the like, blank, and like, thanks. I'm glad he puts one in. Like, well, it's like a token. Like, are tokens ever bad? Is getting right. a one-one token on your field ever bad? They're all better than one-one tokens. Well, well, and guess what? The one CP VV, the one CP two K is doing just as much damage as the five CP nine K you have on the board when they go to the face. Yeah, dude, it's like uh, I, I don't get it. Right? They're like, I don't know. It's not a, like how many cards in Magic or other games are like, here's a one-one guy, and they'll be, oh, this thing could chump block for. Yeah, like great. Now I've got three goddamn bodies on the field. Like, yeah. you know, do something about it. Yeah, and then if you kill the Zonde, you if you kill all of them, I can just play another one and get all of those bodies right back again. <laughs> just reload. <laughs> exactly. Cards nuts, and I was an I was an idiot for like the forty-five minutes that I was like, no. No, I don't get it. I don't see it. The card's bullshit. I don't know. People in the chat were like, I don't know, blah, blah, I don't really like it. And Dan and I are like, uh, I really, I think this card's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you, Dan, and Adam were the three that were like, no, you're stupid. This is right. This is good. And I have definitely come around. Just- like, uh, actually, the fact that he's a 9K seems crazy to me. Like, yeah. like uh, personally, I think Holy he should shit. be a little lower. <laughs> like, yeah. you should be like an eight drop eight K that does all this stuff, or you know, like mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It, he seems very, very good. Yeah, card's nuts. Card is nutty. I mean, and you're playing him in this deck. Obviously, you're playing Caius, right? This guy who's playing a character of three or less <laughs> hand onto the field. So you've got all of these even cost guys who play your odd cost guys to the field. That's really good yeah. for the CP efficiency and fire, where they usually don't have a great time building up to five backups. And also, yeah, you're just slamming uh, bodies on the board. Both of these guys are nine Ks, and both of them have synergy with not just lease which is super important because they're both mm-hmm. already absurdly big but both of them work with like putting cards into play like cheating mm-hmm. things into play so they're both great with some of these fire cards like bergen that just suffer yeah, from yeah. these drawbacks palum that doesn't see play but it has a great enter ability like mm-hmm. these cards are creating a brand new kind of fire where it seems like fire is the cheat extra dudes into play element and they don't mind that at all well right and also and now we haven't even like we haven't seen what else is coming from this set, but you could play that guy with like the new lawn, the new the the forward rain. Yeah, the the, the new like I, I we're gonna talk about one of them in a bit, but this new lawn rain support is getting out of hand, actually. Yeah. 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 So and that's why I mentioned that, because that's the segue to the next spoiler. We oh, got a uh, I'm gonna butcher that name. Is it what loose, loose, lust, loose? No, I'm feeling a little I'm feeling a little loose reading this card, man. This Dude. Man, Lucy. So it sounds like CP? probably it's just a fancy way to say Lucy. I don't know. Maybe that sounds good. It, it, it sounds that. right. But yeah. well, first of all, the art's beautiful. It and uh, it comes in full art. It's a common. It's a common that comes in full art. Just like this. This will be the uh, the set of playing gully full art of this set, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a beautiful card. So it's a two CP fire backup job mother, Mama. and the cost. Um, oh, Ma Dukes. The uh, the cost required to play. I'm, I'm gonna call her Lucy moving forward. Onto the field is reduced by one for each card named Lawn or card named Rain that you control. But that's not it. She's more than just a potential free or one CP backup. Tap, choose one card named Lawn or card named Rain you control. It gains Brave until the end of the turn. <laughs> what a great tap ability. <laughs> Dude, that's really, really good. So, a, I can't believe this card can things, be right? free. Yeah, like, like, oh God, there's right. so many things to talk about. Well, okay, yeah, so the card can be free if you're playing really 
obviously playing lawn and rain, but any combination of, but I like the fact that, you know, you can play backup rain, turn one, get a lawn, play this thing for as like an evoker on the next turn. Yeah. Just honestly, I think that the free isn't going to happen nearly as much as the one, but the one is going to happen so much that it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm playing either the, you know, I, I, cause I think, and there's a lot of ways you can approach it. You can play the forward rain, forward lawn with the Zonde and get like the Fritz and things like that. The WAF monsters, and obviously that makes that that two CP lawn just just an ungodly ass beater. Or you can still play the rain backup, this, and the forward lawn that just machine gun shit to the moon. <laughs> because having this thing attack, being able to give it brave seems really okay in some situations. Or you're just going to tap it to his ability. Like yeah. depending, it's kind of a you know what what do you need Lon to do? You need him to not get turned sideways. You need him up to block. You need that eleven k just ass beater back to block. Yeah, that's fine. And then you've got three more backups and whatever in your hand to nuke something if they decide to step in front of it. Yeah, I was gonna say when you get to brave Lon and leave him up, he's just like, hey, so do you want to uh, turn on the machine gun on my turn? Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. This card's good. Yeah, and then, I mean, just the complete random other things about this card. First of all, remember how we were talking in the other cast about how the full arts have special foiling? All these mm-hmm. cool blue dagger things floating around, 100% are going to have a cool foiling on them. Oh, absolutely. Also, absolutely. Uh, I don't know anything about <laughs> about this game, but, mm-hmm. like, Mom is sitting here, calm as can be, with her hands on, like, a fancy rolling suitcase. Meanwhile, like, behind her is just Bahamut. I don't know, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Mom's like, honey, we need to leave. It's, it's pack, your, <laughs> it's pack your things. Bahamut's here. <laughs> we got to get the hell out of here, honey. <laughs> Kids, like, <laughs> like what, what is going on? Can somebody, is she Bahamut? What happened? Somebody explain this to me. Go DM upstairs, me. Pack. Yeah. Go upstairs, pack your things, sweetheart. We don't have time to grab Mr. Stuffy. We, Bahamut's here. We, we need to go. <laughs> we need to go now. We, we need to go. Ahead. Mommy's daggers are, will hold him back. but we... and, and, and not a, not a hair out of place on her head. <laughs> she's just, you know, because your mom is just taking things very calmly. She's, yeah. She knows what to do. Her mother yeah, mode has wi- kicked in. She's wine drunk. It's 1 p.m. <laughs> With us matching suit, like matching luggage like that, she's definitely wine drunk at one p.m. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Mom got into the sauce, that's for sure. Oh yes, she did. She <laughs> Speaking did. Speaking of the sauce, Chris, our next spoiler. Uh, we're gonna go with the uh, the four CP standard unit. It's an Earth standard unit. He's a four CP eight K. Uh, Warrior is the title. He's a standard unit. His ability is when Warrior enters the field, select one of the two following actions, which is also really good on a standard unit and a common at that. Choose one forward until the end of the turn. It gains brave and gains a thousand power for each point of damage you've received. Or choose one forward, deal it a thousand damage for each point of damage you've received. Um, also in full art. Also category um, special with all kinds of cool yeah, title implications. Absolutely, I think that that's probably going to be his biggest thing. Because what really, the only thing I don't really care for here, he's outside of that magical range of three or less, which is kind of where you want your standard units to be, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, because he just, there's a lot of things that he just doesn't work with, you know, he, the gladiators. His um, job's not doing a lot for him in that color. They, but well, it, it is, actually, um, because you have the Earth Warrior of Light that does standard units. But, I mean, um, look, in every are, standard unit that I've ever played, that guy just feels worse than every other Warrior of Light that interacts with standard units. Like, he does so much, and he's just so mm-hmm. hard to, like, effectively use. Right, I don't but know, the, I really the, like this card, especially for limited. 
But mm-hmm. I, I think in limited, I think it's fine. Absolutely. I think this is a little, yeah, like you said, it's a, he's a little out of that like range, that exact, that like synergistic spot. Yeah, and and I think this guy is just going to be a limited card, not really anything else, because he's he's a four CPAK, he's an on curve body that has an ETB, which in limited, I think that's that's good enough. Yeah, I mean, one cool thing is um, most standard units that have a high power like this that have any kind of ability just mm-hmm. get get kind of silly when you start doing all the standard unit stuff. But like we said, all the buffs, all the things like that are really not in the color. Um, yeah. Just the, really just the Warrior of Light uh, yeah. hero. Yep, and since it costs three, if you're playing, you know, like Earth, Earth, Water, Warrior, uh, sorry, Earth, Water standard units, you don't really, you can't, again, you can't gladiator these guys back, which I think that's one of the biggest draws to me to standard units is it, being able to be gladiator back onto the field checks especially, a really big box for me especially with this etb like uh, right this etb actually is not gonna ever be efficient to use exactly <laughs> like you're paying four for hopefully a combat trick that you're like showing mm-hmm. it's not really a combat trick obviously it's more of a deal with it type thing or a removal exactly thing. but um i don't know that also the standard unit deck the like an earth standard unit build really wants to be all that far behind Exactly. Um, they just so, work with, yeah. I guess, all the Dark Knights, right? Like, you just build a big old yellow standard unit, I took damage, like, mm-hmm. snowball deck. And, uh, I mean, depending on what gets printed, maybe I could be totally wrong. Honestly, the thing that gets me the most excited about this card is I just hope that there's White Mage, Thief, Black Mage, Red Mage, you know, like, oh, give it to me. Sure. Give it to Absolutely. me. Well, speaking of give it to me, the next spoiler is the one that I'm super excited about. And it's my man, Rickon. Oh, oh rickety Rickon. Rickon is is like what half mummy. I don't even care. This guy, uh, he's ready dude. to plow. Well, he he is ready. He's got his his wad of hundreds and his and his magnum. Dude, he's his got his hand his is just gong. open. Like you can just pay me right here. Like you wanna, or, or maybe he's like imitating, like holding his bong. Like he's like it comes out to like right about here. That's right. Like, you know, he's, like, he's letting you know what's up. Yeah. Because so, <laughs> this is uh, we've got Rickon. He's a three CP seven K Waterford category twelve job sky pirate. Uh, uh, before I even start talking constructed, uh, before I even read the ability, he already has my attention in title right there alone. Mm-hmm. Then let me read what the guy does. So at the beginning of your attack step, so pretty much at the beginning of your attack step, this is the, again, we're, we got the convoluted way of saying at the beginning of each of your attack steps. Or yeah, if at your the attack beginning phase, of the attack phase during each of your turns. Yeah, that's just a lot. But this guy says at the beginning of the attack phase during each of your turns, all the job Sky Pirate forwards other than Rickon you control gain 2,000 power until the end of the turn. That is a hell of a lot of power Holy for Holy shit! Dude, okay. Because it's it's not like Redis where he has to attack and get you 1,000 power. This guy just has to show up to the party. He just this has to show up to the party, up. dude. Yeah. He just shows up to the attack step and it's like, Balthier, Vaughn, Redis, uh, Fran, you, you, uh, the, the two new ones, Kite, and whatever the other one's name is. Everybody is just like, you oh, guys, shit, dude, Rickon's here? Power. Dude, yeah. Rickon's here? Oh, shit. Yeah, fucking, Plus 2,000 power. Yeah. And then... So they've got the 2,000 power. So obviously the first person you're going to swing with, and again, I'm talking title specifically, or maybe talking constructed in this line of play is not that far off anymore. Hey, man, they're making a lot you, of Sky so, Pirates. Is it? That's what I'm saying. So you've got Rickon. I'm certainly step. playing uh, Sky Pirate backups in a lot Dude, of decks right now because that's the Pinello Fran engine is real. That's what I'm saying. So 
Go to your attack step. Rickon lives. He's there. He's at the party. He's here. First person, you're, first person you're fucking swinging with is Redis. So now all your guys have a 3K buff. Uh, hello? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not dying. None of your shit's gonna die. Unless they just straight start breaking. Things. Swole pirate. Because Yeah, right. Because Redis is coming in at 11K. 12 if you've got Maria in the backup line. And... I would. Even, it's even big. In title, it's bigger than that because you've got the Sky Pirate Pinello in the backup line, and then you've got Andor on deck to pump him by another fucking thousand. Dude, Rickon is extending the hand because he he knows it's over. Right. That's what I'm saying. I think this <laughs> this card is nuts in title for, for category twelve because he's everything you, you want. When you put him on the board, you make the pose that he's making. Yeah, that's right. It's the pose that Cody knows <laughs> all too well. Do, <laughs> the Star we, Wars kid. Yeah, the Star Wars kid, goosh, just right across the table. Um, but also, too, this is important because, you know, we've seen a lot of new Sky Pirates. Now, granted, I'm, I'm again, I, I, I love, I'm going to build a tribal deck because I'm going to build this deck. The thing that's going to keep them from being, you know, super good is they're going to need something unfair, right? Like, Scions work as a tribe because they have Alize. They have that haste. This, now... Granted, with you know YR, you know with YRP not really kind of being in the place that it is, you know that it was before. You know maybe Sky Pirates is that how you play Wind Water? Is hey, that I a, mean, is that a viable Wind Water? Both colors and all the forwards and backups. Right now, now here's the rub <laughs> and, too. And this is great that honestly every one of these characters is brand new, completely, completely avoiding any kind of name. Class. Yes, that that's also huge because up until now it's just been like Von Ball, Von 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 Von. Right now, but here's the other thing too. We've seen. I know there was an ad. And it popped up in one of the Facebook groups on the back of a magazine. There's this beautiful Pinello art for an advertisement for the card game. Is this new Pinello gonna be a forward or another backup that really enables something? Is it gonna be that unfair enabler? Is it gonna be the thing that gives all your Sky Pirates haste? Is it gonna be the thing that makes them all untargetable by something? Is is this Pinello going to be the uh, a win legendary that ends up being like the cornerstone of this archetype that makes this archetype just just this un just this just unrelenting fuck machine, right? Just is this Pinello going to be the polar opposite of the Vaughn from and, last set? Right. Well, but also <laughs> too. But here's the, the only, but here's the big problem I'm running into now. Just again, not to I, mean, I could talk about Sky Pirates and that archetype all fucking day. Mm-hmm. Uh, in title, it's a no-brainer. Three of this guy, he's in. No muss, no fuss, or it's on us. That's right. But in constructed, I think the hardest the hardest thing you're going to run into is what Balthier am I playing? What Vaughn am I playing? And what Fran am I playing? And Dude. I think that's where it's going to be difficult. Do I play light Vaughn? Am I playing the Vaughn that lets me cheat all the three drops into play? Because how are they playing? printing a whole lot of those guys? Huh? Right. Or am I playing starter Vaughn that lets me swing out and then turn all my shit upright again. I mean, imagine the six drop Vaughn if we get something that gives Sky Pirates haste or something like that. Like, right. See, and, and that's that's what I'm holding out for. I think I need to see the rest of the set. And the I rest mean, of let's the look at Renoa, right? Renoa's a rare yeah. that turned an entire category of unplayable cards into a hundred dollar deck. You know, so, yep. uh, a deck that could win you a hundred bucks, <laughs> rather. Yeah. But you know, it's like uh, this Rickon. Uh, you know, he's he's like one crazy synergistic card away from yeah. 
Just blowing the well, doors and, wide And then open. you have the, the two-drop that they spoiled a couple uh, sets back, the one with the hoverboard that has, already has haste if you Philo, control. dude. Yeah. So yeah, she gets a thousand power and haste. Yeah. And then Kites, who's the ghost effect. Yeah. And uh, when you put him in the break zone, he buffs the Sky Pirate by 3k. Mm-hmm. Like, these Sky Pirate's powers are just going to get out of hand. And it's really, what can they do with it? You know, mm-hmm. how, do, how do you turn that power into some kind of unfair advantage? It either has to be coming at you fast, or it has to be hard to target with stuff. Right. And I think and I think that's what it's going to need to be something outside of just a, a locals deck or a casual. Like, oh, hey, I'm playing in a side event. I'm going to try this out. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the, these are the cards that are going to keep 12 as a very, very dominant title deck. Yeah, and uh, they look like a lot of fun to play with, man. Dude, it's so, I'm excited. Uh, best believe I am just tickled shitless for title once again. <laughs> now that I've got, now that a you know the answers to nine were were my, my prayer to beat nine was finally done uh, with the last ball fear, and now I've got something that my guys are already huge. Now you're just not even fucking coming close to getting as big as them. Yeah, like uh, yeah. what are we gonna they do about all, this fifteen k? Right, they were already one k too big. <laughs> what are we gonna they do about were this already two drop fourteen k friend? Right. Now they're just 3k too big. Yeah. So, it's nuts. And now to round out the spoilers, the last one was uh, another Brave Exvius card. Um, another beautiful uh, piece of Amano art, and it's... Um, and another job uh, of yeah. the same kind that we got before, but go ahead. Yep, and and this is a, a dark card, I believe. I can. Mm-hmm. The symbol always yep. gets me. Um, Reagan, not, not to be confused with Ronald Reagan. He certainly uh, doesn't look like Ronald Reagan. He certainly does not look like the great communicator himself. So, we've got a 5 CP 8K. EX burst forward. Uh, he's another of the Sworn Six of Paladia. So we've got another second of that job. Mm-hmm. Um, EX burst. When uh, Reagan enters the field, choose one forward or backup other than card name Reagan in your break zone and add it to your hand. So really, he's a 3 CP8K. So I'm going to put that there. Mm-hmm. Then he has another ability for one and tap, discard a dark card, choose one forward, it loses 7,000 power till the end of the turn. Pretty, pretty neat. Um, I do think this guy just becomes absolute, just best friends with Emperor Gastal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this card's decent. I think if you're using it in that regard, um, it's nice to have that, you know, that recyclability. And then you've got a decent body that's really costing you three, and it costs you. It actually nets you CP if you play it off of Emperor Gastal, because you could always break Emperor Gastal, play him, get the Emperor Gastal back, and then discard the Gastal next turn to reduce something by seven yeah i mean this guy has an ex burst that basically so so here's how i look at this card this burst is great right this gives you any forward or backup Mm -hmm. (laughs) your hand also uh his second ability is essentially an s ability where the s cost is any dark card yeah right so you you don't feel bad about running three of this guy because it's three ex burst but it's also it's even better than just being able to discard other copies of him like you can discard other copies of the same engine so it doesn't hurt to play the cam and other stuff yeah and it also says tap pay one go fuck yourself you stole him Mm -hmm. yeah now the loses seven thousand power is huge yeah yeah so i I think this card is actually really solid I, i think I, th- I think all these spoils we saw. The the warrior leaves something to be desired. If it was a if it was a three CP seven K, we would be in fucking business. But it's not. Yeah, honestly. So because like to cheat it in, and right now all they have is like necromancer, which is like exactly uh, very yeah. expensive. Exactly. So yeah, to cheat him in, all of a sudden his enter abilities are like twenty times as relevant. But right now yeah. they're just eh. Exactly. Exactly. 
<clears throat> but anyway, I think that's a, that's it for the spoilers. Yeah, that's definitely it for spoilers. And but John, that's not the only thing that you you know you you've been a busy bee this week. Uh, you know, mm. yesterday exactly yesterday. <laughs> yesterday uh, you said you, you'd call Sears. <laughs> I'll call now. <laughs> I'll call now. <laughs> You'll call now. I'll call now. I'll, I'll call now. <laughs> I'm so glad you remember that commercial, dude. Uh, I hope but the you folks had at a, home uh, just had a nostalgia bomb there. <laughs> I, well, that, that's what we go for. That's what we go for. We are, we are. You know, the gloves are off these days. <laughs> but um, you know, you had a, uh, you were at a cash tournament up in, was it New York? This is where. This is also the same <laughs> store you qualified at, right? Uh, so, so this was Newark, and no, I didn't. I qualified okay. in. Uh, there was in one in Jersey and in New York the same day. You were in Jersey. You don't really know what happened. So, so there was one in New York the weekend before on Long Island. Gotcha. And, okay. um, unfortunately, like they they put it up a little last minute, and I would have liked to go, but like. Nobody was willing to make the drive with me, really, from around here. So that's fair. Um, but I reached out to the store and I was like, "Hey, like, it, it's honestly not that nobody wants to travel. It's just that this other store has, like, is having a cash tournament next weekend, and they announced mm-hmm. it like a while ago. And everybody's planning to travel for that one. So I don't know how many people are going to drive out, you know, because they're driving out almost all the way to New York next weekend. So mm-hmm. for people who don't live in the area, all right, New York City is obviously this huge fucking metropolitan area." And New Jersey is where, like, 90% of New York City kind of actually is. Like, New York City is literally an island. It's, like, barely in the state of New York. It's closer to mm-hmm. New Jersey. So we have a city, for some goddamn unknown reason, is called Newark. N-E-W-A-R-K. All right? It's not New York. It's Newark. But it's right next to New York. It's literally across the river from New York City. And it has trains that go to New York City. And like, but it's called Newark. So this was in Newark. I was basically in New York, but I was in Newark. <laughs> it's, so close enough. Yeah, it's just a mess. But yeah, so basically, it was essentially um, the same as like driving to New York City. Uh, so, so people don't really want to make that. Yeah, people don't really want to make that trip like mm-hmm. a whole bunch because it's expensive. They got like bridge tolls and stuff like that. So oh yeah, uh, to that, actually that, that. get to Long Island rather than Newark. Um, mm-hmm. But so I said to them, hey, you know, like, please, you know, we'll show up. Just don't, <laughs> don't give up. Um, we just had this other event this next weekend. So I was in Newark. I went to the store at Computer Gaming Universe. This is a great store. Um, mm-hmm. My buddy Chris puts in a lot of work over there, grows the community a lot. They always are having new players. They fire off drafts. They play twice a week now over there, which is awesome. Um, you know, it's, it's really the best store to go to to draft in our state because we play just like constructed nice. only. For the most part, at all in one, um, but they always have these great events. We had a charity event there uh, last mm-hmm. year or earlier this year. I don't even know anymore. I think last year, um, and they've had some cash tournaments. So this was great. This was a big money tournament. It was a thirty dollar entry or thirty five at the door, mm-hmm. and um, they used the brand new software, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, so everybody, you know, it was kind of like the first tournament with that going on. Um, pre registration was online, so it was handled really well for like a local tournament. It was pretty like official, um, and yeah, it was like a hundred percent cash payout as far as I know. Which is usually there's like a big cut or some cut for the store or it's in credit or something. But no, this was as far as I could tell straight up. In fact, the the math only adds up if some people paid like day of. Nice, you know. So this was kind of like the same thing that Mike P ran for uh, the title event. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, um, just... and Mike P was there. Mike Parmata oh, nice. and, and uh, Nick Schnell and uh, Chris Miller, some of the guys from Gamer Seven. Gabe was there. Oh man, we'll we'll, we'll talk about Gabe here <laughs> we'll, in a second. We'll get to Gabe in a bit. Yeah, um, 
But yeah, it was, it was a really well-run tournament. That store always does a great job. We had tons of raffle items um, from KoopaCon that Chris and I had picked up some stuff to give away at tournaments. So we had like uh, prints and different kinds of art, some Final Fantasy remake cards, like mm-hmm. uh, not trading cards, but just like these art cards. Um, we mm-hmm. were giving out triple triad cards to everybody. Uh, it was a really good time. We raised some money for charity with the raffle. We raffled off a box of Opus 9. Um, and the charity that we raised money for was one that one of the guys who's in Kingsglaive, he has a, oh, yeah. like a charity that he raises money for, so we donated to that. It was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so it was a great event. Um, I wound up taking a more aggressive deck. I took the Final Fantasy VIII Ice Lightning deck. I know that mm-hmm. the like people were playing the Mono Ice version, people were playing the Fire Ice version, and people were playing the Ice Lightning version. I think the Fire Ice has gotten a little more attention, although I don't think anybody doesn't know about this deck. It's by no means oh, sure. some kind of secret. Um, but yeah, I've had it sleeved and been tinkering with it on the side pretty much since like these mm-hmm. cards came out. I think literally I went home from the pre-release and built this deck. Oh yeah. Um, because Reno is not a hard card to get and really ties the whole... Reno and Squalor tie the whole thing together. Um, and it's just fast. It's so fast. I always have it on me and it's fun to play... But I'm not an aggro player, Chris. I know that that's the opposite of your heart and soul. But it's I true. normally, I, I can't just, like, put my foot on the gas and hope I get there. I, like, really like having a lot more control and, like, a lot of lines, a lot of paths, a lot of, like, five turns later I'll do this type thing. Um, mm-hmm. And this deck is, it's set up to obviously have a lot of action and a lot of things that do the same thing. Um, and as much efficiency as I can kind of squeeze out of it, there are obviously changes that you'd always make after any event. And I was, like, trying some stuff. But Alex and I had been jamming games the whole night before, and I didn't play this deck at all. And then I woke up and I was like, honestly, man, I'm just going to take, like, an aggro deck today because it's a cash tournament. I just want to get into the money, right? I just want to get yeah. top cut. Like, I don't need to win. Um, a lot of times people split these things, too. So oh, yeah. I don't know. So I was like, okay, um, I just want to do well enough, right? So good enough is good for me. Um, so I took the deck without even playing any extra games. Sounds like your, your your campaign slogan. Yeah, <laughs> good, good enough, enough is, is good, good for me. That's right. Uh, we used to say it's not just good; it's good enough. That's right. <laughs> so uh, I played that deck, and I absolutely stole a whole bunch of games. You know, by the time people realize kind of how fast you're going, it's like kind of done. I mean, I had turns where I have no cards in my hand, and I draw two cards for turn, and I play three forwards. Or, like, I play two forwards and move three guys out of the way and, like, freeze another thing. It's just, like, there's so many triggers in that deck. Um, So, yeah, I had a lot of fun. I only lost one game in Swiss to Firewater9, who Mm -hmm. I wound up making top four, and I would have had to play him in top four, but we all decided to split. So everybody got $100, which was great. It was $30 to enter. Everybody walked away with a hundo. Um, I played it for fun. We played it out top four against Firewater, and uh, I got him back for getting me in Swiss. I just, like, completely out-aggroed him. He started with a turn one Zidane in our first game, and I was like, mm-hmm. not this time, and I cast Shiva from my hand to dull it. And then into my turn, I just played Renoa Freeze, <laughs> and just kept the, the eight forwards coming from there. So um, there it is. putting four cards into, like, not getting the cards back, turn one is pretty tough for that deck. And then, yeah, if you're, if you're playing the very aggro version like that, it, it kind of it, it that early Zidane is definitely its bread and butter for sure. Yeah, I mean he hit me with it twice in our first game, and I just lost. Like, 
You know, I couldn't possibly mm -hmm. keep it tapped down enough. And then he floods the board, and VV is so efficient. VV is so good at killing cards in that deck. Everything that in that deck out. is small, um, for the most part. I mean, Squall and Quistus are okay, but Quistus I only play if I, like, have to. You know, Ultimisha is actually pretty big, but, you know, you only play her later. Um, but yeah, I, I used it. I got there against him. Uh, I 2 would that, and it was, like, less than 10 minutes, as this deck does. It goes very fast. Mm -hmm. uh, and I played against Chris Miller in the finals. I got him in the first game, and then he figured out, you know, and this is why I don't take this deck to many tournaments. It's uh, once they know what to do against it, once they have a strategy in mind, it's much less effective. So uh, game one, I, I did the thing, played a bunch of cards, turned him sideways. Game two, he uh, plays one backup, and then he plays Azure Dragon on his second turn. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, well, I don't have any hard removal for that guy, so I'm going to try and keep him tapped down. And then the next thing he does off one backup is play Sephiroth. <laughs> and there's no way I'm keeping these guys tapped the whole time. I can't get around them very easily. Um, we'll go to game three. Game three was like a little closer. He was definitely, again, he knows what to do. He plays an early Azure Dragon. I like have a way to deal with it. I like make a weird trade at some point with Alua and something where I'm like not sure if it was better to keep my Alua alive, but his mm -hmm. guys are just so hard to kill or tap down. And then uh, I lost two Renoas in a row to two Shiva EX bursts. And I think that that's like I obviously need to play the deck more if I wanted to take it all the way in a tournament a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think that um, maybe attacking with Renoa obviously isn't a isn't the best because the only way he can really kill the stuff is if it's sideways. Mm -hmm. So it's better for me to maybe just build up for like that one turn where everything kind of comes in yeah. instead of like one at a time and just lose my stuff. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, he, he's a great player and he's been playing that deck all season and doing really, really well with it. Um, crushing it. Definitely got me a couple times. So he got me again. Got first place. Congratulations to him. But I got second with a pretty fun deck. Definitely uh, had a lot of people asking me for the list and if I'd share. And, and it's posted on the Facebook groups. I'm sure mm -hmm. it'll get up on FF Decks. Anybody who wants my particular brew of that deck is more than welcome to reach out. Yeah, it was a, it was a good turnout. I know Nick Chanel was there. Gabe mm -hmm. was there. You were there. Alex was there. So a lot, a lot of household names, which is really, really nice. Um, Chris Miller, obviously. Um, now, you also used... Now, was this your first event using the new software? So this was our first event using the new software. We've so, been skipping it at locals right now because it's a little involved, I'll say. That's I'm, sure. I'm going to be nice. It's a little involved. Mm -hmm. So it's not um it's not very like instant for people to to sign up and get, you know, prepped for it. Some people uh are a little bit averse to it trying to kind of talk them into why we should do it at all versus just what we've been doing. Right. Um now, one of the things I've noticed, um, now obviously, you know, someone you go on, you create a username, and that's your identifier for events. So my biggest takeaway is I'm looking at the names uh, that participated <laughs> in this event here, and I'm looking, my eyes go right to 11th place. Um, my round and, one opponent. <laughs> so so, so I, I'll tell the story. I, I told you before, but it's pretty funny here. So, um uh, first, I'll, I'll tell uh, a second thing where somebody says to me, well, I have to make this my last name, right? Like, I have to make my username my name so that people know who I am. Otherwise, you know, like, who's going to make this something other than their name? And I kind of look at this person, I'm like, 
literally everybody. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like, it's no one is going to use their name. So I did register on the software as RVA Shriner. I wanted I it that. to be easy for my opponents to find me with a little shout out to the team, right? Yeah, uh, as it should be. I, I, almost had, I literally had it as RVA Snugsy. And then mm-hmm. I switched it to Shriner for the event because, like, I would just honestly make rather make it as easy as possible for my opponent to find me. And, mm-hmm. like, I get that at, like, big events you just go to the table. But you always like to double check. And the name is, like, a it's like a second confirmation for me, right? Like, I want, like, two points of confirmation. Like, table number name. I always get to yeah. the table and say their first name and shake hands. Like, a, you know, both check yeah. it and it's a good way to meet them. Um... Which is why, you know, as we said on the other episode, I was getting to the table going, hey, I am player 37. Are you, you know? Um, well, now it's a little bit different. Honestly, I might have preferred player 37. Because uh, round one, I look at the pairings, and uh, I have to go play against big donkey dick. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I'm not getting this wrong. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it was on there, is big donkey dick. <laughs> that is um, correct. Yeah, so apparently that just flies. There's not any kind of inherent censorship which means, of course, right, they're not going to let you... They're not going to be like, all right, uh, looks like Big Donkey Dick's on stream at, at a Crystal Cup, right? Mm-hmm. That's not going to... So are we going to have these things where it's like, hey, that can't be your name. Please step out of line and, like, edit your account and re-register. And, like, <laughs> like you know, how, how much of this... Like, where there's no built-in censorship. This is obviously a whole thing we have to look at. Um, and what really stood out to me was at the earliest possible opportunity, immediately, this was abused. <laughs> like, oh. like, absolutely <laughs> not a single wink was, not a step was missed. Uh, and I, I got to walk up to Gabe, who uh, <laughs> I could tell pretty quickly was Big Donkey Dick, as it is something that is very Gabe to do. And everyone's kind of like <laughs> laughing and pointing at him. And uh, I come over and I go, uh, uh, Mr. Dick, I believe we're playing round one. And he goes, hey, that's Professor Dick to you, buddy. <laughs> God, Gabe. Gotta love him. So yeah, I played round one against uh, Professor Dick. Then he was so, playing Mono Water, and that, that uh, aggro usually has their way with Mono Water. Sure. Yeah. So that's, that's I, I, I guess where I'm, where I'm going with this is like, like, you know, you kind of hit the nail right on the head. What can we expect moving forward at competitive events that there there are streams? That are they just going to – are they either, A, going to just update it to where you just can't put, you know, profanity in it? You know, just, you know, really, you know, cut, you know hit the sirens, you know, fun police is coming out. Um, or are they just going to let it stay that free-for-all? Which I, I think that would be a mistake, honestly. So, so obviously, once – like – it's not as black and white. It's not as binary. Because right? once you turn off free-for-all, in mm-hmm. any sense, what is it? Is it just, I'm censoring only these words? I'm censoring people from being able to use, like, other people's names? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what's stopping me from just putting, like, Chris Adams, Matt yeah. Okamoto? And then the pe- my opponents are like, oh, Matt, we're playing a table two. Like, no, we're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, I, I, that's not me. <laughs> I'm not, like, come on, you know? Uh, uh, obviously... I think that, like, with a lot of things, they don't think it will be a problem. But people make everything a problem if they can, which I think we, we've all learned, of course, if we don't already know that. In general, I just mean, like, somebody, somewhere, is gonna do the thing you hope they don't do. <laughs> <laughs> and they're gonna do it immediately. And, and, and like, at the first opportunity. Um, yeah, drop of a hat. Yeah, and so, I 
honestly, this is my personal opinion, but I like uniformity. I like forced <laughs> uniformity for certain things like this, like these rankings, hmm. like pairings for a tournament. Um, I don't know why it can't just be displaying our names, especially since you can just, you know, tie your name to the account. Um, I know that we're giving players the option to do that, but I don't want to give players the option to do that. I want to take that option. I very specifically want to take that option away from the players. Uh, <laughs> personally, it makes everything easier. There's actually nothing easier about this, in my opinion. However, I am all for grandfathering in big I mean, donkey dick for Gabe. Look, uh, <laughs> grandfathering it in. Yeah, there's uh, there's nothing we can do. It's you know it was the original program. It's just locked in. Yeah, we we we've asked him multiple times, and he just says no. It's not like we can make him. Oh man, what a hoot! What a hoot! Well, John, you know I'm glad you had a good time. It sounds like it was a really fun event. Um, speaking of fun events. One of the things that we're known here for kind of one of the one of like kind of the building blocks that we had when we were first kind of developing our brand and our name and our community was yeah, and this is what kind of linked us to the SOVA, you know, the Virginia Beach Newport News Gang, is they were doing a villain series. Uh, you know, we had the Kefka Cup, the Zorn and Thorn Cup, and then the shop we were playing at closed. And, you know, it's kind of been put on the back burner. But, John, I'm pleased to tell you, and we're really happy about this, because this is something we kind of want to get back to. We want to get back to kind of doing our grassroots thing. You know, we want to start streaming our events again. We want to start, you know, really just giving people something something to have, especially with the offseason kind of coming up right around the corner. Or something like during this, because, I mean, let's be honest, outside of any kind of local things, we're kind of in a lull right now. Yeah, um, I mean, people who aren't qualified for Knights of Worlds are just, I guess, waiting for our Opus 10? Pretty much. That's pretty much what's going on here. And, you know, so we're going to bring back the Villain Series with the Ultros Cup on November 16th. Dude, I'm so um, excited. I wanted to play in those so bad, mm -hmm. but they mm -hmm. were always just, like, a little too far away, and I didn't, like, you know, now, obviously, I got family down there. You know, so right. I would you, get down you, there's, there there's a time. roof over your head. But, uh, and, and well, and also, too, right? Because here's what I think we're going to do. Because, you know, this is one where I'm, I'm kind of at a crossroads here. I want to play, but I also want to make sure people can watch. So, you know, I'm going to get with, uh, you know, get with Adam and see if we either A, want to just record it, record the matches, and then record the commentary like the next day mm -hmm. and just put that out as like a video. Hey, I don't hate that. Um, just so we can all play. Yeah. And because I want, I want to be able, and I, I think this is something that I, you know, this is one of the reasons again, not to kind of get off topic, but one of the reasons I was kind of beating myself up and was really down on myself um, is, you know, I spent pretty much my entire competitive season doing commentary and I, I, I felt like I really missed the boat to play and that's just you know that's and that's kind of the, the line you tow as a player and a con content creator mm -hmm. um so i know going into next season i definitely have my preference to play yeah i mean i always say and like, i want to get back to kind of where i was the season before especially and it kind of hit me more today because uh my, old, my good buddy good old taylor stank man <laughs> good old taylor stanky the stanky leg he uh, he posted the um the uh, like I guess 
was like Dark a year Crystal ago, Cup. as of today, the Dark Crystal Cup yeah. happened. And I remember just seeing the standings, and I was like, dude, I grind. I, I was I was on the grind all year long. Kept falling short, but as as frustrating as that was, I still had a good time playing and you know, just, just hanging out with everybody. Just knowing that when I walked in the room, I knew it was like, all right, cool. Which other seven of you are going to be in top eight? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I miss kind of having that feeling because I definitely, anytime I played this season was definitely not, you know, where I like to be as a player. But that's a whole other tangent for another time. So point is November 16th, Ultros Cup. We, or we may just run the stream with no commentary. Like, the point is, we're going to have it available for people to watch. We don't know if we're going to do it at that exact time. Or if I'm just going to commentate after my match or something. You know, we're going to figure it out. We want to make sure that the people can watch, that they're entertained. Or we have a video for you as soon as it's finished. Like, mm-hmm. within 24 hours of the tournament wrapping up. Having just us commentate the matches as if it's actually happening there. You know, just kind of because we want to really what we're looking for is to give match analysis. That's kind of what we, how we want to do it. But also, too, I want to play. I love playing in these. The prize support we're going to be putting together is going to be excellent. Uh, we've already kind of done a new logo that we're going to use for a while and a new T-shirt. Um, so, you know, we've, we've got a lot going on. Again, we're kind of getting back kind of kind of a, you know, kind of a rebuilding like the, the, the ashes uh, you know, the phoenix from the ashes is kind of, you know, the mindset that I'm taking right now. Dude, we're like Ultros, okay? He comes back over and over and, and, over, that, that's, and over that's and over That's again. where I'm at, 100%. That's the where I'm Ultros at. Cup, dude, he's back. All right? Yeah. It's time. Let's go. I'm exactly. excited, man. I can't wait. I'm definitely going to be there. It's a gay wrong tea. Yeah, so as <laughs> I guarantee it, like, like Men's Warehouse, you'll like mm-hmm. the way you look. Mm-hmm. So be on the lookout for any details from that coming up. I know, uh, you know, Adam Duncan's working on putting prize support together. and We're talking about some things. We're maybe going to do, you know, play mats for top eight, so- something. We're going to figure all that out. We've got, we've just got a lot of time to do it. And we want to make sure that we're doing, we're doing it the way we know how to do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But, you know, speaking of events that have already happened, uh, this past weekend, there was the Lightning Crystal Cup. Uh, I believe it was, was it in Kyoto, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Something okay. like yes, Kyoto. All right, and um, you know, I, I'm not sure who won. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna lead with that. But I do have, you know, the top eight deck lists in front of them. And that's really what I want to go over because this is something we didn't really touch on all that much when we were talking about the Arizona Crystal Cup. This was actually something I wanted to talk about last week, but again, with moving, didn't really have the time to. Um, I think the biggest thing that has kind of come out has just kind of again after the Riku ban, what's really kind of popped up are these water lightning kind of shells with you know we're running Fasoyas, we're running we're, we're doing all these big high cost cards, Fasoya. Yeah, and Agris, guess what? Cloud guess what? of Darkness. I did find out uh they did mm-hmm. have the finals posted here and it is mm-hmm. both Agrius decks. <laughs> See? <laughs> Ice Lightning Water Agrius and Water Lightning Agrius and Water Lightning Agrius was the winner. See, because that deck is really, really strong from what I can tell. And if you look at top eight, there's actually quite a few of those in here. Um, so, you know, and we'll, we'll touch more on that. But I guess where I want to go with that is that this, to me, this feels like the deck to beat, especially when you see it, you, you kind of saw it happening here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. But usually, and one of the things we've always kind of talked about, and we've always kind of felt, and this is kind of universal, that they're playing a different game over in Japan. 
Yeah. It seems like they're really not anymore. It seems like the meta is kind of unified. Because I'd be willing to bet, you know, tournaments we see over in the UK and, you know, in any other region, you're going to start see a lot of these water lightning, you know, water lightning X shells. Because, like, the shell of the deck seems to be the same. The MO of the deck seems to kind of be the same, which there's a lot of different ways the deck can win, which is what I think is important. Um, yeah. But... Just to kind of go over the top eight, um, and I don't know if I have these in order, but it looks like the number one seed going into top eight was a mono Earth deck, um, and this, it's running the start the new starter Kefko, which I actually really really like in conjunction with Prish, because you can just swing with Kefka, kill the Prish, get another Prish in, and potentially kill something else when the big Prish comes in. Yeah, you know, which I don't know if they they are running that one. Oh yeah, so, yeah, three three yeah. three baby, <laughs> three yeah. so two I, drop, I like three six drop, three nine drop. Yeah, and I really like that dynamic. And then you have Kefka that can, you know, and I, I, another thing I'm seeing too is, you know, Kefka is just a great card draw engine. He's kind of like a reverse, you know, mentor of the meek from Magic, which, you know, just drawing you cards when, in this case, when uh, when a character goes to the break zone, you can pay one and draw a card, mm-hmm. which you can do multiple times, which is really cool. So you've also got a lot of neat synergies with that because you've got Vanille, mm-hmm. which that's fine. You've got Arden. You can select Arden. Guess who can't be broken? Arden. Uh, you've got Gaudes. You can just break Gaudes, force a trigger to happen. You can break uh, Prish and for, you know get her trigger to go. You can break um, you know Undead Princess, and then that way you've got it in the break zone for you know for later. Uh, you have let's see, I'm trying to think of what else is on here. I mean that's it. Like um, almost every yeah. one of his forwards has a synergy with it. Like... Yeah. And then you've just got your recursion with Luminous Puma. Three you know of the Banga like... actually, which is yeah. Yeah, just getting. He just wants those characters back. Ajita, yep. Margito, put the summons back in the hand, mm-hmm. which is just you know Hecaton chairs because that's great too. You can Heca with something, or you can swing with Kefka, choose a forward, you know Hecaton chair something, break that again. You're two for oneing, and you're not lose. You're really not losing anything. And then oh, if you want to, I'll pay three and I'll draw three cards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, you have a lot of really neat things you can do, and I really like this shell. I, I think it's. I'm sure it's a slower Earth deck, but I mean, I'm very, very curious as to how to like see it in action. I think I think it's good. I mean, I don't know how many people were at this tournament, but it is a Crystal Cup, and he. I, I assume if he's the top seed, or if he was the top seed going into top eight, he was probably undefeated. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, at the tournament that I did win to qualify, I had to play mm-hmm. against a Mono Earth Prish deck, and mm-hmm. they didn't even have the benefit of things like the Kefka. And mm-hmm. uh, if I did not resolve like a Yasmat to the field to mm-hmm. be able to free kill a Prish every turn, there is no mm-hmm. way I would have won that game. Like, just absolutely no way. It's kind of crazy once it gets the Prish engines going. Like, yeah. I really, believe it. really scary. Yeah, and I be- and again, I believe it. Like I said, there's um just the synergies with Kefka. Just free removal pretty much every turn. I, th- I think it's really, really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going, you know, kind of going down the line for top eight, I uh, see, you know, here's the mono wind deck with, you know, 30 forwards, four summons. You know, it's, just, it's the one we've been seeing, you know, the edges, the mm-hmm. ball theaters, things like that. At least, at least I don't see. Do I see ball theater in here? I can't tell. Yes, I do. Uh, I'm looking. Check. Uh, can't, maybe I don't it's see ball theory. I see. Okay, so no ball theory. I see Pinello though to get the Fran. Fran honestly is an insane backup. Yeah, that's true. Because maybe you just cut the middleman out because Pinello can just get the Fran and just leave it be, and that opens you up for you know something different. Um, but again, this is Mono Wind. Uh, that deck's not going anywhere anytime soon. I think that's just. A-
you know, it's a good, solid choice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then moving into the third seed, this is the first of the water lightning shells that we're having. Again, this is what I was talking about. You've got the Fasoya, you're running the 8CP Kane, uh, Opus 7 Golbez, Layla's, Vikings, Agrius. Um, this one's running uh, Steiner. Uh, you got your Porums, Cloud of Darkness, Garnet. Like, like this is running, like, it, it's just there's at Ramza. Like, there's just mm-hmm. so much going on here. Um, and, and just from what I've seen, again, I have very limited interaction with this deck, but it seems like it's going for these really crazy explosive shoal turns. Um, you know, you're playing these forwards, you're playing Cloud of Darkness, killing something, you're slamming Ramza down for like one or two. He's going to get to swing. And then you're playing Shoal to let everything, or you're playing Shoal from Alua to let everything else. Yeah. you know, swing through to potentially just win the game right there on the spot. I mean, so. then you got Maya's, Maya's hasting Cloud of Darkness and Fusoya these days. is like kind of yep. crazy. It's pretty hasting insane, Cloud man. of Darkness is actually just like, but yep. <laughs> And uh, one of the things about this one, um, and this one is pretty, this is pretty relevant. This one is running, because I guess it is running a small, very, very, very tiny, you know, really just a three-card nine package but this one's running light zidane this one's not running any sort of veritas which is what you're seeing out a lot of the other builds mm-hmm. um <clears throat> this one's just running it's got a steiner a, a starter garnet and a light zidane <clears throat> i mean in the backups he's got Ico, bron mm-hmm. but the thing i think about the zidane is it just mm-hmm. gets you another card like it's just a yeah. body that puts a card in your hand that puts a card in your hand or gets one out of their hand, which, it, you know, with a lot of these decks playing these really costly forwards, that one card out of your hand could really mess up your math. Yeah, for sure. And I think that this other one, I mean, sorry, you're going in order here, but the, yeah. this, um, the one that wound up getting second place with the ice mm-hmm. in it, mm-hmm. this deck's pretty crazy. This is a very interesting take on this Agrius deck. Um, really, yeah, and we can, and we can skip right. Cards. Yeah, we can skip right over that one. That was uh, as far as this one goes. This was the one that was actually the sixth seed. It's running okay, three yeah. Sephiroth, three Renoa, two Vane. Um, two and it's Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. This is the one. It's got snow. Um, let's see, snow backup. Hurdy, I think that's great. You just like that shoal, like you said, is so important. We're yeah. playing this Hurdy backup just to get more access to shoal. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And let's see, what other, what other kind of sick stuff is it running? I mean, Luna Freya to get things back. It's running the backup lock to, you know, really just get, really just, you could just say backup and get whatever you want. Yeah, half the time just, I just start the ramp. say backup. I'm playing that yeah. in my uh, eight deck. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's actually a really, really solid list. Um, it just has, and what I like about this one, it just does, being able to Renoa an Agrius, being able to Renoa a Fasoya, being able to Renoa a cloud of darkness being able to renoa a sephiroth you know there's just a lot of renoa just brings a lot of just a lot of depth to this mm-hmm. deck just all these great etb triggers like you could renoa you know you're renoa and for and you're drawing you know two more cards essentially yeah so but i, th- I think that shell is really neat now go- kind of going back in order here this is the lone fire ice deck um, in the top eight, and this is the one that I'm talking about. Like, this is really the, the only thing that still stands true. The fire ice decks over in Japan are a lot different than the ones you see here in the states. Um, this one's still, you're still looking at baby Sabin, you're still looking at three, uh, five CP clouds, two nails. This one's running Garland. Uh, you're still, it's still running the you know, big Celis, um, Sephiroth. It's running, um, let's see here, it's running New Starter Terra, which I actually think if you're playing a six focus, one or two of those I think is mandatory. Um, yeah, that's so good. 
Yeah, and this one's running as far as summons go. This one's running backup sets her. Uh, as far as summons, it's, still, it's running uh, two of the new Belias. Opus 6 Bahamut. Uh, it's running one new Zalera, two Glacias. Uh, this one has a, a Edward in it. It's running the new uh, backup Ace. The, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the one from the starter also deck. very powerful card. Absolutely. And then it's running one Veritas in here as well. So... So again, th- this is very, very typical of the Japanese fire ice list you see. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, clearly, you know, it it, it works very well because you're always seeing it over there. Mm-hmm. And if you, um, from what I understand, um, I know Bond's Final Fantasy corner. He said, from what I understand, either this event or is a different event where he just said fire ice was just kind of all over the place, which is pretty normal around here still. Mm-hmm. So moving on to you know the the one the fifth seed you're looking at mono ice here. Um, the, when I say mono ice, it's mono ice with one emperor gestal. But this one's you know kind of what you're expecting. The only things that are different here is it's running backup setzer. Um, every it's running. Let's see here. They chose the Zolaris, I mean, which I think is fine. That's what a lot of people are doing right now. Yep, it's running last. Yep, and it is running. Uh, it is running Laswell. Now, I mean, not the li- not small Laswell, but the Opus Seven Heroic Laswell. Yeah. Now that I'm now that I'm not sure why, because I mean, you can't really. I mean, where where are you getting the fire from? I no, suppose. no, no. That's not. That is. That's the two drop. The Opus Seven Heroic. You're right. Jeez, yeah. you're right. I'm thinking no, uh, right Opus one. Eight. Her- yeah, oh, that's the okay. right one. That's the right one. Okay. Um, okay. They yeah. have one of the new Laguna, which I like. It just gets any forward, and it's a okay. Bigger I was one. losing my mind because other lads well as Opus Eight. No, yeah, no, that he's right here. I, I'm actually looking at like a okay, FF good, 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 good. So, Jesus, yeah, it's, it's Jesus. I was like, what? And I'm like looking at this list, like racking my brain, like what the fuck am I missing here? Like I'm looking for like a camel knot in a chaos. No, Dude. no, no. Okay, so, so we're I, good. We're good. Yeah, as well. This is uh, yeah, they're on FF decks. I'm like looking at the. Okay, good, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad somebody's still I'm got on the their case. The I'm on the case. Yeah, that's why you're on the payroll, mm-hmm. man. But th- this is pretty, you know, pretty stock for what you're looking at, you know, as far as mono ice goes for the most part. And turns out the deck's still really good. Yeah, too. very strong. Won a cash tournament. <laughs> yep. And then here we and then here we go again. This uh, the six C, like we said before, was the water lightning with the ice splash. Yeah, I really. Like and then, that. yeah, and then we're looking at here. We're looking at a. This looks like a. On the seventh seed, we're looking at a fire earth, um, earth windfall. Wind yeah. yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, it's got Cecil's, it's got Noctis, it's got Camelot. It's running three of the new starter Terra, which is really good. <laughs> Do you um, see what their only fire backup is? And honestly, it's one hundred percent because it's tutorable from Star Sybil. They're oh, playing Cornelia. <laughs> Ooh, Drop right. girl, baby. When she enters the field, yep. all the forwards you control gain a thousand power. Pretty saucy, but I mean, we know why. We know why it's there. Yeah, yeah we know why it's there. I mean, nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Like the deck seems to synergize pretty well. This definitely seems like it's a, you know, just a what? What's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of a just kind of a typical Earth Wind Final Fantasy Eleven well, engine here's, deck. Here's the thing, right? When we play Fire, and he's using against a sure get the Phoenix, but the big mm-hmm. thing here, he's playing three of the Terra, right? They get yeah. any summon back. And it's big because <laughs> Diabolos just kills something. <laughs> it kills two things. Yeah. You're, you're yeah, killing just, two things. You're just like uh, bop bop. Yeah. You know, got him. Yeah, and then you know, plus Phoenixes are doing like eight and two or ten. Now, now here's my question, John. Golem is pretty say, cool. say you have a Diabolos in hand. Terra's on the field. Can I stack her ETB? Play a Diabolos, kill two things, and just get it right back. 
Uh, well, she's already on the field when her ETB is happening. So yeah, for sure. Okay. See. So there's some some neat little things like that to look at too. Yeah, because when she enters the field, field abilities don't use the stack, which is. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, it's not. It's not field ability. Sorry, it's an auto ability too. But mm -hmm. it's just like on her card, and characters don't use the stack. Is rather what I should be saying. Um, yep. So, so she, she hits... just comes into play, and then her abilities on the stack. But also, whenever you cast a summon. Yep. So I mean, it's an expensive turn, but you could do that and just yeah. get it right back. I mean, she basically does what Porum does, right? So it works in the same. Yeah. Like you can, you know, uh, mm -hmm. do whatever summon in response, and then get it back. Exactly. And then uh, the number eight seed, is this the one that ended up winning the whole thing with the three Bahamut Zeros, the uh, two Veritas, the Agrius? Yeah, that's this the one, one, man. Just the, yeah. That's the one that got it. Bahamut Zero, man. Oof. Yeah, we're running three of those. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that's the only. those are the only summons in Kukulain, the deck. Two Kukulain. Okay, I see him right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the way this is. No, it's all right. To be is... fair, I'm looking at like. The just the straight up FF decks list. I'm sorry, okay, I'm, I know I'm that looking, you're looking no, you're at like good. the Japanese lists that have like mm -hmm. the cards like one by one. Like even if there's yeah. three of them, they're like on the list three times. Yeah, I'm sorry mm -hmm. that I really should have sent you this. This is uh, I'm I'm cheating. I've got <laughs> I've got the cheat. You're deciphering the hieroglyphics over there. And I've got... Yeah, man, that's what it's like, like some uh, Lulu Dallas multipass going on over here. <laughs> yeah, like the moon runes and everything. That's right. No, uh, but um, I actually I like this list a lot. Honestly, it does everything this deck wants to do. It's got, um, you know, it's got search. It's got filter. Um, we've got a Minwoo just in case things get uppity. What do we got here? We got some mid Previa. We got a Fordola in here. Let's see. Yeah, here. it is interesting, right? Because some of his Agrius targets are things that aren't necessarily like, yeah, always great right away. Mm -hmm. So, but I mean, obviously, it worked out for him. He got the first. You know, yeah. if he aggries is into mid previa straight away, it's just like okay, well, if they don't have anything out, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but there's really not much else. I mean, really, when you look at every other thing in the deck here, Min that's aggries too are actually a little slow. Yeah, this yeah. is interesting, but it worked out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it turns out, turns out. But um, let's kind of go through here. That's one, two, three. So what? Three, three or four? Is that? The, am I counting three or four of the top eight? Were I think it's three of the top eight were the three were water landing agrius with one head oh. ice in it. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, again, and then like you said in the finals, it was those. It was those two shells. Two of those three. Yeah, ice lightning versus the one that we were just talking about with three Bahama zeros. Exactly. So or I think the consistency probably just really helps him. Sure. Faster than the other guy. Absolutely. So the deck's good, right? Like that—that's a deck that you know I, I expect people to be playing and probably seeing a lot of or some some variation of that. It was in the top four at the cash tournament. Lost See? to Mono Ice. Yeah. See, there you go. So the, this is a deck that's probably going to be how it's, it's going. I think it's going to be a major player when the Opus Nine meta just kind of. You know, comes to an end, which you know, really, it's coming to an end in about three weeks. I mean, I want to say Nats in the uh, Dark Crystal Cup, the which is sold out, by the way. The uh, the Dark Crystal Cup has yeah. completely sold out, from what I understand. And I mean, that that's really the end of Opus Nine because Worlds is Opus Ten. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's gonna be something else because it is like this Opus Nine Point Five, and like we've been saying, it's very different. Yeah. So I guess what we want to, and that's kind of how we're going to segue into our main topic here, John, because we're, you know, Nats this year is doing 
a you know format that what well, I don't want to call it bait and switch per se because you know we spent the entire season playing draft and it's like oh yeah by the way we're not doing that we're doing two decks here for nationals. Um, but the difference here with this two deck this time, as opposed to how it was with the three deck format for Worlds last year, mm-hmm. is there can't be any overlap. Like you can't put one one copy of a card in one deck and two of them in another. Like if you're running a copy of something in one deck, you don't get to put the other two in another one. That card's just kind of off the table at that point. Yeah, it almost makes you have to be like exclusive with your colors entirely. Yeah. Exactly, and again, just to kind of go down the rules here, uh, players must win with both decks. So you decide what deck you're going to start with at the beginning of the round. Now, I don't know if there's any sort of blind pick option going. I don't really know what's going to happen as far as, you know, how that's going to be enforced. Like, I'm going to put both of the deck boxes in front of my opponent, and I'm going to mm-hmm. ask them to choose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put labels on them that say what they are, and they're going to be wrong. I'm Ooh. playing every mind game in the book, Chris. See, and that's what I'm saying. Is there is there a cl- and, and I'm glad you brought that up. So, is there going to be a clean way to do this? Like, are you going to have them numbered? Deck one, deck two. Is that how you're going to register them? This is deck one. This is deck two, or deck A or deck B. And before you sit down, or before the round starts, you have to you have to make that choice A or B. And is it like a simultaneous thing? Like again, this is this is something I got because especially as the rounds go on. You're going to start knowing what people are playing. Hey, listen, man. I heard that uh, I heard Alejandro is playing uh, Mono Wind, and it's in his slightly damaged deck box out of his two deck boxes. So when you see him take out the deck box with the bend, of the- oh, sorry, sorry, not Alejandro. Um, <clears throat> Orb- <laughs> Orbital Space Station sixty nine is. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I heard that sorry. he's playing. He's playing Mono Wind in his light pink deck box. So when you see him take that, you know, it's like yeah, uh, Intel all of a sudden becomes like much weirder and more valuable and also just like strange <laughs> yeah like <laughs> which deck box does he have that deck in <laughs> wait wait till you get a load of what big donkey dicks playing yeah and then you're like switching which deck you have in which deck box so you try and throw right, people see, off like so, uh, like to me that just seems sloppy right it just seems really really weird and then all of a sudden you've got cards mixed in i'm, I'm telling you man like th- th- there's got to be a way to be like you need to like when you sit down before you start. Like a judge needs to go like down the line and say, "What deck are you starting with? What deck? You know, so- something like that." Choose simultaneously. Yes, or something. Yeah. I'm or, not going to pick until have, you pick, dude. Or you have to write it on a piece of paper and or, or some, on a card or something and flip it over at the same. You know, something. You know I'm what not I mean? Pick until you pick, man. You, right. You that's see. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So, like, so there's a huge difference between the strategy of everybody must play deck one first. Mm-hmm. Right, because then you have to lock in a. This is my first deck, exactly. And there is a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of strategy mm-hmm. to this. Well, and well, as it stands, it looks like it seems you can just pick to play whichever one first. And there's a ton of strategy to that too, and it's completely different. Right, and that's why I um, you know, I know at Worlds it was a little bit different, and because last year, I mean, last year at Worlds it was three deck format. And I guess there was something there, but a tw- but like a 24, 27 person tournament is going to be a lot different than a room full of people. Um, it's a small that's a smaller tournament, probably a little bit easier to manage with a judge staff, where it's you know you you're pretty much working just one table, two table, you know something like you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But no, yeah, I, I just, absolutely. So if it, you know whoever you know when you guys listen to whoever I know who's listening to this, when you do listen, if you were on the world team last year, you know feel free to comment you know how how they did that, how they handled picking what deck you were going to play when, 
Um, Because I think that, you know, like you said, John, that's a very important strategy. What's crazy is like we haven't even talked about anything else. This is like the strategy before you even start thinking about what cards you're playing. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the stuff that's like, um, I don't know if everybody, if everybody, I don't know if you, but really the people Mm -hmm. at home have read Next Level Magic. Look, I don't even Mm -hmm. play Magic, and I've read that whole book. That book is fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's the the Patrick Chapin book. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. If you're thinking about, like, you just want to get better at card games or just games, like basic game theory and things like that book is fantastic and the way that he explains everything sorry this mm-hmm. is just a huge plug but the way he sure, explains sure. everything honestly like i don't know enough about the cards but the images and the examples and stuff like i understood mm-hmm. all the situations that you know mm-hmm. of course um but he talks about way at the end of the book like mind tricks this is whole chapter and it's like i think one of the most important things in that is it's like do not worry about the mind tricks until you get everything else solid right but mm-hmm. that's more of like each individual game and we're talking about like bluffs and counter bluffs and things like that but mm-hmm. for something like this you have to worry about the mind tricks up front right because mm-hmm. it matters it matters a lot like it, when we're talking about matchups man if you just are, are playing right into a bad matchup at the beginning of all your rounds and if that's something that is in any way able to be manipulated mm-hmm. by either you or your opponent it will be mm-hmm. right absolutely. it absolutely will be and keep in mind too what's important for this is once you've won with a deck, because I want to say every round is best of three. Mm-hmm. Once you've won with a deck, it's off the table for that match. Like, you can't win game one, lose game two, and then go back to the deck that won. You win game one with that deck, you are locked into your second deck for the remainder of that match. So you better be confident yeah, and so in now the two that you've picked. Just to highlight a couple things, right? So, okay, mm-hmm. uh, am I going to play a deck that is going to always be able to beat my opponent's second deck. Like, let's say their second mm-hmm. deck is their weeder deck, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll just play something that can crush the second deck twice, and my first deck will be, like, a high roll, mm-hmm. you know, like a high-risk, high-reward deck. Something that's mm-hmm. interesting is decks that are high-risk, high-reward. Uh, best two out of three in Swiss is something that we don't have in tournaments, and that does mm-hmm. mitigate some of the risk while not mm-hmm. really mitigating much of the reward, um, except for the surprise factor, obviously, is, mm-hmm. is mitigated a lot. <laughs> but... Um, like, oh, hey, I lost with this, like, really, really explosive high roll thing that, you know, 60% of the time, whatever, well, I get mm-hmm. to try it again, you know? Yep. Um, but then you have to be able to beat them with your other deck, too. So it's like there's so many layers to this strategy. Right. And I think so, that the time limit matters, too, right? So if I yes. play two different control decks or slower decks, um, that really, really hurts me if I mm-hmm. lose a game and then I have to win with both of those decks still. Because winning mm-hmm. with those decks is probably happening in the late game, right? So not only yep. did I, like, drop one game, which is just, like, I literally just wasted whatever the X is, an X amount of time, mm-hmm. um, which is huge. I can't get that back. That's gone. I wasted it. I took an L for it. So mm-hmm. it's like, I got to win twice with my control deck in this time. So then that means, okay, well, then most people probably aren't playing two control decks, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you're probably not playing two mid-range, but maybe, but it's likely mm-hmm. going to be something a little bit quicker, and then either a mid-range or a control deck. And it's like, yep. well, which one are you going to play first? Exactly. And to kind of kind of piggyback off of that, you know, maybe you have this really wacky, high, re- high risk, high reward, super explosive combo. Right, some kind of deck where it's like, uh, you know, this is my leadoff deck for, like, the first three rounds. And then when people are like, oh, hey, he's going to lead with this, you just like, nope, I'm going to do this. Or is it one of those I know that he knows that I know that he knows kind of things? You just keep jamming that because you've made that deck 
no matter what, no matter what you've done, you've put yourself in a position where this first game is going to be quick, whether I've won or lost. And now I can play this deck, which I know can handle. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it, it creates a whole different, you know, just a whole different dynamic with deck construction. That's primarily what we're talking about here in the main topic, deck construction. And as we go, like I said at the beginning of this, each week up to Nats, we're going to talk about just different aspects of this whole two-deck format. We're going to talk about, you know, complementary archetypes. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, just some of the decks you can expect and what pairs with that. We're doing like food and food and wine pairings here there, John. This is what we're doing. But I love it. Uh, me too. But today we're just going to primarily talk about like what all this means for construction and just the mind games involved. Because like I said, we haven't even talked about what decks we're playing. This is just, right, you're showing up with two empty boxes, what you know, or two boxes, what's in them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, th- there's like, I, I want to have like a list, uh, you know, like when you see those things online, it's like, which one of these are you? And it's like, mm-hmm. are you person one who doesn't like to go outside, loves smoothies, and you know, mm-hmm. has bad hair days? Are you person number two? who? Bu- so it's like, we've got all these different players. We've got player number one mm-hmm. who is going to just take two pet decks. Mm-hmm. We've got player number two who's going to take two mono decks that they know are really strong. Mm-hmm. We've got player number three who's going to take whatever they think the best deck is, mm-hmm. and then whatever they are sure can beat that deck, right? Mm-hmm. And that person's just trying to play, like, they want to play chess, dude. They want to go spend the entire day walking through a meta minefield. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Like, that's how some people win entire tournaments by training through those. I mean, and some people get entire tournaments under their belt by just showing up with these these surprise decks. But the thing mm-hmm. is here, you're going to lose that element of surprise really fast. So, mm-hmm. because your opponents are going to get these chances for construction here, I think, personally, I lean towards playing whatever I think the best deck is. Mm-hmm. And playing something that I think is both a probably aggressive be unexpected and see consistent because it has to be. Well, and I'm glad you said that, right? Because this kind of goes back to what I was talking about before we got into the main topic. That right now, the, that those water lightning shells are very, very. I, I, I don't want. Here's the thing: like they're not even grindy per se because they can play the long game, but mm-hmm. a lot of times they're just going to have this real explosive. Uh, oh, you're at three damage, or you're at two damage. Oh, you're just dead. Yeah, because a shoal turns dead. that we've been talking right. about. Yeah, right. It's kind of like those uh, those turns that like remember when Alex was playing the uh, the Shrinky Dink deck at the uh, Gastro Greens Cup. Oh yeah, sculpt Similar. the hand. That's what he yeah, would say to me. Just sculpt the hand. Do that, and then boom, boom, boom. There you go, and you just kind of win on the spot. But you know when you when you do decks like that. You don't really know how that game's going to go. Because also, too, you got to think with that deck kind of being the, like, that's the deck to me that you need to make sure both of your decks have a decent matchup against that before you even start, before you even start thinking about anything else. Mm-hmm. Can you beat that? And I'm not saying you need to focus on that, but yeah, you need to be able to beat that or at least have a decent matchup against it. Yeah, and then you also have to, like, uh, it, it, like the not sharing cards thing is huge. Yeah, because it's like okay, if you're taking the the water lightning deck, mm-hmm. that's really not clashing with anything that we see mm-hmm. seeing play, right? Like none of the other top decks are running water mono water, which everybody kept saying was going to come back when Riku went away. Sorry, mm-hmm. not I mean not with this stuff running around, man. This <laughs> punches it in the face so fast. The only well, the only cards that clash with it, I mean, you are losing you are losing Porum, yeah, Layla, Layla Viking, Viking, Cloud of Darkness, <laughs> right? 
Exactly. Braun. But also, <laughs> Braun, you, you lose a lot there. Like You, you can't play those two together. Um, now, now Mono Lightning doesn't lose a lot of cards, but honestly, Mono Lightning is... <laughs> right yeah. now. Um, yeah. hasn't. Well, at least I should say it hasn't been performing. Yeah. It doesn't mean well, it can't. And sure. And I, I think the big, the hardest problem people are going to have with their deck construction is they got to pick the deck that Veritas is going to go in. Mm-hmm. And if they're building a deck that has Ver- that normally would have Veritas in it, like you've got these, these, these two decks. Deck A would always have Veritas in it. Deck 2 would always have Veritas in it. These are two decks that are solid. You think they're really, really good decks. Which one do you not put Veritas in, and how does that impact the way that deck is going to play? Because mm-hmm. we all know what Veritas does for decks. Staves off aggro. It becomes a recurrable threat once you start removing other things. You know you know what I mean? Like there's Veritas does very specific things for the protection of the deck that it's in. Yeah. Now, if you take that out of the deck that needs it, is that deck still going to be the same? I think that's a question people need to ask themselves. I think that Veritas goes in decks that are like mid-range or laking. The raid doesn't really find a place in most uh, aggressive (laughs) decks. Um, And, again, I don't think you can play two of those decks, right? I think that you're going to have to... You know, your Veritas will go in your whatever your mid-game, late-game deck is, mm-hmm. and your other like early mid-game deck is gonna just have to have something else. Maybe these these uh, light packages. I mean, I don't think that anybody's gonna really be doing too much with the new Cloud of Darkness, but the new Onion Knight's mm-hmm. got uh, some some speed to him. He's got a swift foot; mm-hmm. he can get in there. We've got uh, the Rain decks. Rain was seeing a lot more popularity. I mean, got somebody a Worlds invite in the Arizona sure Crystal Cup, so. I, uh, Yuri, of course. I mean, a mono win seems like just a pretty, just, I could just slap that in one of those two slots and, you know, be pretty okay against a lot of things. And honestly, mono win getting two chances to just get to, get to that state. We all know, you know, like when mono win hits basically the critical mass, it's just like, okay, I can't do anything about, you know, oh, the Bart's Vada, whatever, whatever turn where they just played four 9Ks. Like, okay, uh, your turn. <laughs> and also, spe- speaking of, you know, Emmanuel real quick, just kind of touch back on when I looked at the, the sheet of the Dark Crystal Cup results last year. Yeah, Manny. He, he, yeah, he went from 30th last year at that event. Now he's on the world's team this year. So talk about improvement. <laughs> what was his, uh, Manny Fresh? Was that Manny <laughs> Fresh, baby. Manny Fresh, baby. Uh, Cash yeah, money man. taking he, over for the nine nine in two thousand. You know what? He he puts in the work. He plays yeah. in uh, he plays in locals. He plays in the Returners Hideout free online weekly octagon <laughs> tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever he gets a chance, you know he uh, gets that practice in, and it pays off. Yeah, that could be you. It could be you. You right now. You <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, you're thinking we're talking to the other people. You. <laughs> you. you. All right. Stop what you're doing. Specifically, get on, you get on octagon right now. And practice. If Not you're Alan work, Iverson practice, but practice. What are you? What are you wasting some time at work? Well, start building a, a deck on. Start <laughs> building a deck on FF decks. What are you? What are you? Uh, what are you on your on your ride home? Look, you're using the phone anyway. Just start building a deck. Just start building a deck. Call somebody and say they're like, "Hey, what's? I'm busy right now. I can't really talk." You're like, "Listen, listen. Are we gonna play Fusoya? Uh, uh, like, I need to know. All right, is the Fusoya mm-hmm. gonna be one of our decks? You just need to be thinking about it, talking about it, testing, mm-hmm. testing, testing. Because here's something about construction." You mm-hmm. need to be playing these decks, right? And you got to be testing your decks. Oh my goodness, you have the whole another world of testing to do. This mm-hmm. is so much work, and you have to be testing to play against two decks every round. The yep. just the amount 
of different lists because this is not like some of these other games where it's just like three decks in the top cut even though we're talking about how this water lightning agrius deck is seeing so much play right it's three mm -hmm. wow it's three out of the top eight not a single one of the other things in the top eight is the same deck it's yep. mono ice fire ice earth wind mono, mono earth. wind and mono earth like yeah. they're all so different the play styles are different mm -hmm. the elements the cards they contain are so different and there's mm -hmm. like and this is only half of the stuff I would even expect to see, you know, like yeah. there's so many variables and the people who put the time in, uh, you're going to definitely see it in their play because mm -hmm. it's going to end up coming a lot down to your matchup knowledge and your game knowledge and knowing exactly what the two decks that you're playing do mm -hmm. against all these other decks and knowing what their lines are and what the paths to victory are and identifying them and knowing when to switch between them. It's really important, man. And I was talking about that a little bit earlier when, when Chris, mm -hmm. you know, in these best of three in finals, he loses the first game, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be able to play with that deck anymore, right? So mm -hmm. it's totally different. In this tournament, I'm playing him in that deck, two out of three. I beat him with it round one. He gets a chance to adapt, right? Mm -hmm. But now, I sneak a game with that aggro deck. That's it. It's, it's gone. Done. Yep, that's yep. it. You don't get a chance to... to beat that deck and that's why i said i think i would be playing something that was fast and consistent mm -hmm. as one of my two decks and and i think if most people are playing those kinds of decks it's gonna end up being see and then again i'm, I'm tricking myself is it gonna be the first one or do you try and take out their second deck with your sneaky win deck and get two yep. chances at the sneaky win like but that seems worse right to get two chances at the sneaky win because then they get to adapt to it like we're saying but what if the <laughs> sneaky win deck isn't really that sneaky it's just a consistently good aggro deck and that's why i said that instead of sneaky right i, I said mm -hmm. it has to be consistent because mm -hmm. i'm not an aggro player chris and again i said that in this cast too mm -hmm. i'm not an aggro player but i think that it's the right call for one of the two decks sure and i'm giving that away i'm not lying it's real i just tried to deck it as more well and i think a lot of people have played. come to that conclusion yeah. well i think I, I think because you know and you hit a lot of the nails on the head there because the time limit being a huge factor in that because these like, games are thinkers man at nats oh, dude, oh my time. goodness i have gone deeper down the hole thinking about plays and, and just like oh mm -hmm. my goodness it is it is high high thinking it is high level play and it is mm -hmm. it's gonna take a while Oh, your, your brain is going to be fried. It takes some time, after man. Day one. I played a mm -hmm. couple games in that last year. I, I always talk about the game I played uh, with Sam to Sam because it was honestly like one of the best games I've ever mm -hmm. played of Final Fantasy, which is one of my favorite parts about getting to play in these high level events like Crystal Cups mm -hmm. and Nats and stuff. It's just the level of play is, is so fun. To you, you push yourself to do like things you've not done or seen before. It's really cool. Oh, oh, and it, it gets deeper than that. So after day one. Uh, we're we're, we're going to skip ahead a little bit. Like oh, yeah, after day ahead. one, you know, it's a top thirty-two cut. If you're in seventeen through thirty-two, you don't get to play a best of three. You've got to pick one of your decks and hope to God you win. Yeah, and then that kind of makes me feel good about that consistent aggressive deck too, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that means that if you're not playing the consistent aggressive decks whatever your other deck is must be able to deal with them like yep. must like absolutely because you, you got to figure must. again not putting the cart before the horse but you got to figure if you're if you're making day two and you're in the bottom half of that top cut do you play the aggro deck or do you play the deck that 
you feel the most comfortable with. Because again, everyone, I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain that one of everybody's two decks is going to be their deck. Like if you were to tell me that Cody or Muhammad or these guys, or let's see, I'm trying to, or, you know, let's see, or like, I don't know. JG Fitness. Um, uh, JG Fitness. <laughs> you like, tell me JG Fitness Sam isn't going to have water lightning as one of his dudes. Right, That's bullshit. Right. right. Bullshit. If, you, if you were to tell me Muhammad wasn't going to be coming with, you know, some sort of mono water bill or Cody's not coming with mono ice or, you know, someone's not coming with earth wind. That's what they're known for or water earth, whatever. These specialist players that everybody knows that this is the deck that they're going to play. Like, that's like saying Steven's not going to go with, I mean, I don't think Steven's qualified. Oh no, he did. He did. Yeah, he he did sure get did. It. Yes. Yeah. He got the, the same, the weekend, same weekend. weekend. Yeah. It's like saying Sam him, Prime's not going to have a monster in his deck. Yeah. That's what I'm right. saying. Or like, or like, or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. like, or Greg's not going to play fucking Scions yeah, or like... something. Right. Like, <laughs> You know that they're going to have these decks, but is this the, if they're in that 17 through 32, is that the deck they pick, or do you have to play against their wild card deck? Mm-hmm. That yeah, I think that players like that, it's good for them to have that deck. That's almost always going to be their second deck in day one, right? Because that's right, the one that right. they're confident they can beat two decks win. Right, and this is this is where again, this is where you you could just totally mind fuck yourself before you even start playing, and this is go all the way from round one. To the very end of this thing, like yeah, it's tough. It's it's going to be um, a lot of mental fatigue too. It's going to be even more yeah. tough games and decisions and things to think about. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, man, like like some of these people playing this pet deck, well, okay, well then, what's their second deck? I mean, yeah, you know, is it going to be something that they think is the best? Is it going to be something that's more aggressive? Is it going to take a mm-hmm. lot of these people out of that comfort zone that they have in all these tournaments? I yeah. mean, like, the fact that we know it's so obvious what one of these two decks is going to be and have actually no idea what the second deck is going to be, is that mm-hmm. a benefit for them, well, or is it bad that we are so confident we know one of the two decks? Well, well, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, because you have players that do kind of specialize in one particular archetype, I would, I would almost be more afraid of their second deck because... That's less time they have to put into the one deck because they know those lines. They can just kind of study the ma- they can they can play the matchups they feel less comfortable in. Yeah, because they have less work know, to do to get there. Right, right. So they can put more time into that other deck and become just as scary with that other deck. Like you've got somebody, we'll just you know we'll I'll pick two decks. You know, not that these these potentially could be. Say you've got somebody playing Mono Wind and you've got someone playing like I don't know Final Fantasy Nine Firewater. Mm-hmm. You know, they may not know the final fantasy nine deck that well but if they know mono win like the back of their hand they're probably not going to practice with that as much they're going to practice what they need to practice with that and they're going to spend all the time learning the lines of that deck so if they pull if they pull that nine deck out in front of you they're they're, they're going to just mop you up with it you know because because they're good players like you're, you're you're in a room full of you know the best of the best right now yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, we talk about putting in the time and the players mm-hmm. who are putting in a ton of time, like the players who, Colin Rupert, who signs up for, <laughs> registers for these tournaments less than a minute mm-hmm. after I post them on the Discord, 
Um, mm -hmm. He's like Gilgamesh, man. He shows up and it's just hopefully playing whatever deck just did well over the weekend. He's just got <laughs> all the famous swords from all these different Final mm -hmm. Fantasy TCG players. He's just oh, he's using clouds. Oh, he's using you know Bart's weapon. Like, he's just out there, <laughs> 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 just wielding them all and doing well. I, I believe he could take two of whatever the heck he wanted. On you know he puts in the time. I see mm -hmm. him. I'm not saying anybody else doesn't, but I'm like I'm sure Okamoto could go with two of anything. Oh yeah, and, and I mean these guys play guys. this deck. These guys play this just you know five color Moogle deck, and that deck suffers a lot from something like this tournament. Where mm -hmm. hey, uh, are you just gonna take the bombs out of every color, and you're, like you're mm -hmm. not allowed to play those anymore? Like that's kind of tough. I don't know if that deck yep. sees a lot of play, even though it's so strong. I don't know if that deck mm -hmm. sees a lot of people playing it at the. Because uh, because at what point do you have to concede something to go into another deck to make that deck optimal? Yeah, it messes up four or five colors, right? It's like it's pretty tough. <clears throat> right. So and that's kind of what, you know the last thing we can talk about with this. Are you 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 can't just pick the bombs out of these colors like you just said so if you're going if you have this deck that is you know multicolored, your earth wind your fire you know you know those style of decks which are still very potent like they don't need dot Luma to still be really good mm -hmm. but are you okay with taking the phoenixes that could potentially be in a fire ice deck because that card's important so like you are you, and you? I don't think you can make that concession and expect that deck to run the same way. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying with like you know the Veritas and certain card selections. That these like some of these cards are so important to these colors and the way these decks run. You you can't do that and feel comfortable or feel like you, you're playing an optimized list. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. And I think that some of the colors that are really good at pairing with other colors like wind and earth. Those mm -hmm. decks really get hurt by that because some of those just yeah. have like the staples. I'll just throw in anything or like Alua, right? You got to pick a mm -hmm. deck for Alua. You can't play her in both. Shit. I yep. want to play six Alua's. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. Cause you could like, you know, if you're playing like water lightning, you're playing Alua there. You, I mean, yeah, you could probably play Alua with, you could play scions without Alua, but do you kind of want to right now? And something huge here. I mean, um, like ice players, you can't mm -hmm. have two discard decks. You really, you can't. Yeah. You know, so there's no way that you're going to have to, you know, you could just lose to discard only. Or like mm -hmm. those style of decks, which is huge, right? Because, I mean, think mm -hmm. about this time last year. We're all talking about turbo. And we're all worried specifically about losing every single round of discard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It's, it's just, it's a, it's a very different mindset. And... You know, it is a lot to take in. And again, like I said, we haven't even started really talking about complementary archetypes or, archety or you know, certain decks that could pair well together. You know, we've kind of talked about a couple, you know, that could, but we haven't really kind of dug in and talked about that. And that's what we're going to do next week. Um, we're going to just talk about archetypes that would complement each other, styles of decks that would complement each other. And I'm not just talking like control and aggro or can you do two mid-range. We're going to talk about decks that can that can win very quickly regardless of whether they're an aggro deck or not like again going back to this wind light uh, water lightning shell the deck can win quickly if you let it oh absolutely i mean and so. uh i think that what we're gonna do is in fact i'm actually gonna make this decision right now live live um mm -hmm. we're gonna be running at least one two deck night for that for our uh, online weekly just because a lot of mm -hmm. these questions are something that we're really only get to see in practice and you know yeah. a little bit of study i think on exactly what happens in that kind of tournament will help a lot of these players 
Mm-hmm. And we're going to be doing uh, for the next few weeks at our locals. Um, ideally, we're going to try to start doing the two deck format because we got a lot of guys here that are actually going to that. So, you know, we got Curtis, we got Steven, we got Colin, we got Ron, uh, you know, Josh down in Sova. Lord Byron. We're trying to think Lord Byron. So, like, we've got a, you know, we've got a good chunk of people that are going to be there. Mm-hmm. And we want to try to give them, you know, do our, do our diligence as, you know, a team and try to get them, you know, give them the best shot they can. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot to take in, and I, I really feel like, and I'd be stupid to think people haven't been practicing this already. You know, maybe we're behind the curve just now talking about it. Yeah. Like, oops, oops. I'm, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, trust me, I'm thinking about it. We're working on it. Like, <laughs> trust me. I mean, exactly. uh, it's there's a lot exactly. of this stuff I want to dive a little deeper into, but um, we're going to be mm-hmm. going over a lot of this stuff, you know, leading up to yeah. that's for you guys. So we got to save some Yeah, of we're going to have... Exactly. And we're going to have, you know, again, it's going to be a series of topics leading up to Nats. And then we're going to just kind of talk predictions, what deck are, what decks we would think, you know, we're going to talk about what two decks we would take if we were going that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So you will get a that, deck tech from me. That's going to happen. Oh, we're, it's going to be several That's for you. I'm going to wink at PJ. Just That's right. You got deck That's techs right. coming out for you guys. They're going to come back. We're, we're really going to make a push guys. We're going to be bringing back a lot of, uh, there's a lot of the stuff that we like to do for you guys. Exactly, it's time. To, we we've rested on our laurels enough this season, and it's it's time to you know get back get back to form, as it were. Like I said, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Let's get back on um, that motorcycle. Oh, we're back on it. We we're back on the case. That's right. Gun, big irons on my hip. Got my badge. Reinstated, dude. That's, That's right. And we're you know what? We're gonna solve this thing. But with that being said, John, I've got nothing else. Uh, anything, any, uh, any last minute, uh, you know, thoughts, shout outs, anything you want to do this week, John? I'm, I'm like, I'm good. I've, I've got it all. You know what, man? I, I gave out a lot of that shout outs, a lot of love during the cast. I think for now, I'm just ready to put a little bow on it and just, you know, wrap it up. There it is. There it is. So I hope you guys enjoyed a letter from Sweden, a Don and Ritz adventure. Yeah. You didn't even talk about your letter from Sweden. Yeah. So, okay. So and Speaking we'll, we'll of shout-outs, we'll, we have uh, one. We'll, we have a special story. We have a special moment. So, you know, again, like, I've been kind of... Returner's been, fireside moment. Yeah, I've been, been kind of down in the dumps here. Like I said, like, I just... I, I, I haven't been myself. And just today, I was out, out, at, out at brunch with my, my soon-to-be wife. And I get... I, I see I see the... Exactly, right? <laughs> the, the weekend... I'll be on my honeymoon the weekend y'all are... You know, slamming away at Nats. But I um you know, I got a the returners page, not just me specifically, but the returners page got a message from you know a, a fan of ours, you know, from Sweden, uh uh Philip Fowler, you know, and again I appreciate the you know the pep talk, but he sent a message just kind of saying, Hey, I appreciate what you guys do, and I, we understand getting burnt out, but you know, he, he what he's the thing that he said that really that really got to me and made me really like kind of, again, want to get back on the horse and really just keep doing what I do best for everybody. And that's just, you know, you know, what we've done can't be measured in trophies. And he's absolutely right. Sometimes you just need to hear that. Sometimes you just need, you know, inspiration can come from the most unlikely places. And the fact that, you know, he's, you know, all the way from Sweden saying, hey, you know, you got fans out here. So, 
you know, just keep doing what you're doing. And it wasn't like, you know, he just was like, you know, I just wanted to share that with you. And he's like, take care of yourself, too. <laughs> he's like, remember to take yeah. breaks, man. Just like, you know, you you guys are, uh, well, thank you. Said, we appreciate that support, man, really. Exactly. And the fact that he said that, you know, our podcast has, you know, has really helped him gain, like, you know, it's been instrumental in giving him a, you know, just a, a, a fundamental, like, knowledge of the game. And that's kind of what we've always aimed to do from day one. And I think somewhere along the line, we forgot about that. You know, we got we got caught up in trying to toe the line, trying to maybe be something that we weren't. Or maybe trying to bite off more than we can chew. Now I, all I, we want to bite is you. Right. And I, and I, I do think we I think we forgot to have forgot how to have fun along. No, we're back on the case, Chris. We're, we're back. So yeah, we're, we're back. We're not going we've, anywhere. Uh, yeah, we've 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 had our we've had our time to kind of chill and get our you know at least me particularly. I know I know Adam's a different different story altogether. He's he's taking some serious him time, and I don't blame him one bit. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Hey man, some of the things I've seen on this job. Oh yeah. man, I've <laughs> it'll, seen little scar man. <laughs> so it's like from Ghostbusters. I've seen shit that'll turn you white. Yeah, I heard that he's a. Uh... He's gone in a deep, deep hiding, and you know only mm-hmm. he will decide when we see him again. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But yeah, you know, I definitely wanted to share that, and I, and that's kind of how I wanted to end this cast. Um, you know, just we're back, we're back, we're ready to, you know, keep doing what we do best. Like I've said so many times before, and I'm excited to keep it going. You know, I'm excited to bring you guys just you know everything that we are we're known for, especially when when it gets slow. You know, that's you know that's something that people forget that there is a lot of downtime in this game you know between competitive events before the season picks up after the season comes you know like there there is a lot of time where there's really nothing to talk about but we always find something for you guys to 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 assimilate something to gobble up and that's what we're going to keep doing that's right happy to be here just churning the butter for you guys just putting in that work and delivering that tasty content that's what we do man so with that being said, we'll be back next week. Hopefully Take. talking about some new spoilers. Maybe uh, you know we're going to talk about some archetypes. Like I said, we, we, it's always a lot to talk about. And with that, we're signing off. See, See you next, next time. time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening once again to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like this content and you want to hear more, check us out on YouTube at RVA Returners. And make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and check us out on Google Play and iTunes. Chris, oh my god, Chris. What? Did we talk about the spoilers? <laughs> Alright, so here's what we're gonna do. We're, 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 gonna, we're gonna do spoilers right we're gonna do spoilers right now. And you're, you're gonna have to do some serious all, editing. On all this you one. folks won't even know. We're gonna leave this at the end, but it's gonna be really funny because you're gonna hear us talk about all of them. Uh, but we're just going to jump in our time machine. Yep. Um, but that's it for us right now. Because <laughs> no, this is the end absolutely. of the cast. We're signing off. <laughs>